G'day everyone and welcome to episode 93 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of doublejump.co. I'm your host Tapia and I'm joined once again by my co-host John. John, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> I haven't been playing much game this week. Um, I've just been watching wrestling mainly, which I'll, I'll chat about a bit. Um, but yeah, otherwise, chill enough. How about your mm. week? Yeah, uh, just just our first week in the, in the new job, so just busy learning about all the different things that are going on there. It's it's uh, a lot of information at once, but it's all good. It's uh, hmm. it's uh, it's uh, good to be busy again and not yeah. questioning my worth every day. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds better. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you may uh, you may notice that Kai is not here this week. He's actually traveling at the moment, so he will be back hopefully next week. Uh-huh. You know? um, yeah, that's uh, that's the intro. How about we uh, k- kick things off because we've got uh, a bit of news this week to talk about, John. Um, some news this week, finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's we've been kind of <laughs> scraping the barrel a bit the last few weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah. So first off is the opening night for Gamescom. Um, a number of announcements, a lot of trailers for games we already were aware of, but yeah, yeah some announcements, some game, uh, some release dates as well. Um, first off, just listening through the announcements for new games. So first, Little Nightmares Three. Um, this is being developed by Supermassive Games for Bandai. Um, Supermassive are the ones who developed Until Dawn, The Quarry, and the Dark Pictures Anthology series, and a few other games as well. Um, they're taking over development from Tarsia, Tarsia Studios, um, which was acquired by Embracer a year or two ago. So, you know, mm. no longer able to work on this IP that Bandai owns. So, Supermassive are on it now. Um, it is adding co-op gameplay, um, they, and they also announce a companion podcast series called The Sounds of Nightmares, which is a six-part series <laughs> set within the world of Little Nightmares, but is a brand new story. I think, it's, I think that's always a neat thing when games do that, even though I don't think yeah. I've ever listened to them, <laughs> any, yeah. but I think it's very cool when they do it. Um, I remember listening to the one that came out before, uh, around the time of... Halo Five Guardians. It was. Yeah. It was like a. It was. It was. I think set. It was trying to be like a true crime type podcast where you followed this investigator who, eventually, became I guess part of the conspiracy. And it had like notable voice actors. I think the main like the main character was played by Keegan Michael Key of all people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. when you, when you think Halo you think <laughs> Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, um, yeah. I heard very good things about that podcast closer yeah. to when it came out. Um, yeah, so hopefully this one lives up to that sort of standard. Um, Little Nightmares 3 is set for release next year in 2024, um, and that's all the information we have on it. Hmm. Um, Killing Floor 3 was announced by um, Tripwire Games. Um, it's just a it's a CG trailer primarily. We get brief glimpses of what seems to be raw gameplay. Um, it kind of like it very looks like the visuals 
have been upgraded quite a bit from since the 2016 release of Killing Floor 2. Um, and no release date on that one. Hmm. Um, Rebel Moon was also announced. This seems to be a tie-in game or an adaptation of the upcom- upcoming Zack Snyder movies. There's two of them coming hmm. out at the end of the year. Or there's one at the end of the year and there's one next year, of which there was also a trailer buried like yesterday or something as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, this was this game's existence were actually already teased by the developer Super Evil Megacorp, and that's the name of the developer. Um, yeah, as a known, team. Um, known for vainglory. Oh, okay. From back in the day, right? Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so they already teased that as a team-based competitive multiplayer game. Apparently, um, we'll see if that particular detail holds up because that's not official information. I don't think but uh, okay. I think it'd be safe to expect it, I guess. Yeah. I completely uh, forgot about this project that Zack Snyder was working on, <laughs> especially. Uh, I think because it's just such a generic name. I, I thought Rebel Moon was like a... I When I first he- heard the name again, I thought it was a Star Wars thing. Well, but it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's an original sci-fi thing. Original in quotes because apparently this is a pitch. It's not. It was a star. It was a Star Wars pitch by Snyder that was reworked into whatever this is. Uh, um, did you see the trailer already? No, I haven't yet. I, I okay. think I might have seen uh, like for the game. No, no, there's no. Tra- I don't think there's a game for trailer. Just news, it's right? just the, came on stage. Just, there was a trailer for the movies. I remember. I think I saw like a teaser a while ago, and that's oh, okay. And then forgot. <laughs> <laughs> there was one a couple. There was one a couple of days ago, or yesterday, right. or oh. something. <laughs> Recently. Um, what do you think about it? Didn't like it. <laughs> I thought it looked not great. Um, I mean, it, it, Zack Snyder's not got the best track record. I guess. No. Um, yeah, we can talk about that another time. Maybe. <laughs> like, yes. we'll see what you think of it if it comes <laughs> up again later. Um, after that was the announcement of Expeditions, a Mud Rudder game. Um, this is following the um, in the same series, I guess, as SnowRunner and MudRunner. Mm-hmm. Um, from the description of Steam, it's described as, quote, embark on, a si- embark on scientific expeditions with this new off-road adventure from the creators of MudRunner and SnowRunner. Lead research missions as you drive a variety of all-terrain vehicles using high-tech tools and managing your camp and crew to ensure your success in the wild. So instead of being kind of like having that sort of like secular gameplay loop that Mudrunner and SnowRunner has. Because I think Mudrunner is more mission-based and SnowRunner, wait, like you, it's almost like level-based, I think, from what I played mm-hmm. of it. And then SnowRunner, I think, is more of a progression loop where you kind of do a, go, go on a mission, come back, upgrade your gear, and just kind of do like a business almost. <laughs> like it's kind of like you're working there. This one seems to be a bit more, like almost like an adventure from the format of it with like a kind of greater variety of like environments maybe i'd like less harsh environments but more i don't know it's hard to it definitely has a it's very a different vibe and it's different. a cool take on it yeah 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 um that one's set for release next year as well um the announcement of dustborn was after that um this is being developed by red thread games um, they're the developers behind dreamfall chapters uh, fairly mm-hmm beloved somewhat acclaimed um adventure narrative heavy games um, yeah. this is being published by quantic so. dream oh so yes no i was gonna say it's a yeah like a sequel to the original Dreamfall and or the longest journey games uh, from mm. a while ago so 
Um, Dustborn is a road trip narrative action game set in alt history USA. Um, sort of the, it seems to pivot around like a young crew and also like some of the sudden like superpower to sort of project your words like your like what you say onto people in the world and actually make mm. them do what you want <laughs> do what you're saying wow. that seems to be <laughs> the giving um which i don't know like yeah, yeah. Hmm. um so that's quantic that game. dream though oh that's uh interesting that quantic dreams publishing this one i think it's the first yeah. time we've heard about quantic dream doing anything since i think that star wars game was teased or announced a couple of years ago and then all that and then all the controversy around the, the you know the workplace allegations happening at Quantic Dream. Yeah, I'm still not not cool with them as a mm. organization all that much. Um, is it's a, it does seem very smart of them to um, if they're gonna um, expand into a more like a publisher of sorts, mm. going after um, like adventure games specifically, which is you know very much in their wheelhouse is like. That's a good way to do it. That's a good way to approach that idea because no one else... I don't think there's many other developers doing that. I think Don't Nod, maybe, because they're yes. a bigger publisher, but they're kind of expanding beyond that genre as well. Yeah. So it's... Um, yeah. I know Double Fine doubled in it a few years ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They've always been kind of weird as well in terms of like where their games go mechanically. But yeah, yeah. No, that's... Yeah. There aren't, there aren't too many publishers that are willing to focus on that genre in particular, you know? Mm. Um. There was also the announcement of Thank Goodness You're Here. This is a very zany looking, <laughs> like 2D cartoon, sort of some sort of game. It's kind of hard to get a sense of exactly how it plays from the trailer, but it's being developed by Cole Supper, a UK dev behind 2019's The Good Time Garden, and it's being published by Panic Inc. Um, they're the ones who published Untitled Goose Game and Firewatch, and they also produced mm. the Playdate handheld. The one with yes. the crank, <laughs> which, which I looked up today when I was like, I looked up Panic Game today, and it's like, oh, that's right, I never actually got a play date, and it's two hundred American, which means it's three hundred Australian. Oh and my god! Like, oh, that's like I was like I was so close to ordering one, <laughs> but hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, like well, you can get, like um, I think the the uh, Ain like the the people who make the Steam Deck competitors that are like Windows based, they just launched their early access like the pre-orders for their next uh, version of the Odin like the flagship handheld and mm. that was like 270 US dollars so for 70 dollars <sighs> more you can get something that'll actually run modern games yeah but this one I'll enjoy that's a big yes. difference <laughs> um, fair enough yeah I've already got like a Game Boy Emu Boy like emulation thing oh, and I okay. barely touch that thing Knowing that it's bad or anything, it's just I don't have, I barely have enough time for what I have. Um, so mm. I shouldn't buy a play date either. <laughs> um, and lastly, of the like kind of new game announcements was Marvel Snap. Um, they're specifically the native PC version. It's officially exiting early access on PC and is now available on Steam. So it's, um, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> technically a new game announcement, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a change. Are. Yeah, which uh, I'll, I'll technically, I'll I'll I'm gonna because I play Marvel Snap on the phone, so I'm gonna download this, log in, collect my special card, and then <laughs> then delete it again. <laughs> Go back to the phone. Right. <laughs> um, 
Aside from new game announcements, there are a few release dates as well locked in. So first, mm. Tekken 8. Um, I think it was like leaked a few days ahead of time, but Tekken 8 <laughs> is locked Like for everything else with Tekken, f- apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, just wide open <laughs> that game is. <laughs> um, Tekken 8 is coming out on January 26th next year for PS5, Xbox consoles, and PC. Or Xbox Series consoles, rather. Um, mm. The... Um, game Nightingale, and um, that one's it's a PVE survival game with a sur- Victorian aesthetic and time travel elements. When I looked up the trailer for it, I was kind of like, I, I'm certain that we've talked about it. I'm certain mm. we've brought it up before, but I did not remember anything about it. Um, but it's been I kind of the name. It's been going through <laughs> delays and stuff for a while. Um, so yeah. that one's early access period or release date is dated for February 22nd next year. Mm-hmm. And finally, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Um, this is the action RPG from Psy Games and not the fighting game we mentioned last week or two. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, that one is set for 1st of February t- um, next year as well, which is... Um, hmm. Yeah, that one's also a similar thing where that one's been in development forever. It's yeah. only just now coming out. Um, hmm. And Sweet. otherwise, around Gamescom, there's been a bit of discussion around the lack of female hosts similar to what happened with um what's the last thing was oh, the video game awards no. oh yeah it would have been yeah. games fest oh that was probably that one as well i feel yeah. like it's becoming a bit of a trend um <laughs> yeah i was i was reading an article and it was titled jeff Geely doesn't under doesn't doesn't know how to women <laughs> it's just like what <laughs> it's like uh, yeah I, th- mm. I think there was six women on stage and four of them were cosplayers I think that was the, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not a fun I mean, stat. not to say there's anything wrong with that. It's just that, you know, you know, women in games don't just have to be people you just look at, you know, they, the people you want to hear from and are leading projects, but are not being talked <laughs> are not being talked about or given the spotlight yeah. in, in an equal fashion. Mm. <laughs> um, Which is a, a bit of a bummer. Yeah, that one's, that's not nice. It's not nice to hear that stat point. And it's mm. like it's kind of annoying that Keely is like, he's I don't know. <laughs> It'd be nice if he was trying to make meaningful change in that area. Maybe he is. I don't know. But yeah, it'd be nice to see some reflection of growth there. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like Jeff Keely, who who is the who hosted and organized the opening night live event for Gamescom, is kind of de facto being being like the public face of gaming as an industry because you know e3 has stepped back so that and we're not getting as many like we're not getting that diversified portfolio of events from different organizers and different groups you you get keely you get the keely e3 then you get oh you know not officially branded but pretty much what e3 used to be then you get gamescom and then you get the uh, game awards at the end of the year and, and all the like so th- the three major things except maybe game developers conference which happens earlier in the year I'm not sure if Keeley's gonna you know take take that over next year we'll, we'll find out maybe maybe he's <laughs> the new embracer group yeah <laughs> just kind of goes to these different organizations like let's make some money that's what yeah. I do um, yeah it'd be nice yeah. to see some new faces generally it's, it's, mm. it is very 
kind of I would love to know more about how Keely kind of fell into this spot in the industry, like that what yeah. you just described, where it's just like, yeah. I guess because there's not many other people who put themselves up in that sort of role and have that kind of backstory, you know, like history yeah. in the game development or not development and, and but, the connections, yeah, like specifically the commercialized commercial yeah. aspect of game development, <laughs> game industry. I mean, it's like there's yeah. not many other known faces, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, from uh, at least that's like I think Keely managed expectations well, saying, "Hey, you're not going to see as as many like big announcements as th- at Gamescom," and this is something similar to what he said before this year's uh, Summer Games Fest events. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, don't worry, you're not getting get, getting excited this time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what we're seeing now is. Uh, the releases of a lot of games that maybe were affected by COVID and all the different production shutdowns and everyone moving to working from home and stuff. So who knows? Maybe that's that's why you you aren't seeing as many new games because a lot of people just uh, you know a lot of things had to slow down for the games that were already in production, and so those are just people are just busy getting those out over the next like s- six months. Yeah, there's so many. It's like Armored yeah. Core just came out, and it's just like oh, I'm sick of being tempted into buying new releases. <laughs> it's happening a lot last <laughs> lately. And then, like, yeah, like I think that's where like something like Game Pass can actually be good value, is if new releases come to it. Like mm. that, that might be where you can save a little bit of money. But uh, you know, speaking of Xbox, we've got some news coming over from Camp Microsoft. First uh, being. Uh, an announcement from Dave McCarthy, who's the who's the chief vice president or co-vice president of Xbox Player Services. He took to Xbox Wire uh, earlier this week, or if not later last week, to announce that on July 29 next year, Microsoft will be shutting down the Xbox 360 store. So you will no longer be able to purchase any new games, downloadable content, uh, or other, you know, film and movies. Basically, anything that was specific to the Xbox 360 marketplace is no longer going to be available to purchase. So that doesn't just apply to people accessing the, the store from the console itself, but also people who are purchasing from the Xbox 360 marketplace website as well. Um, and as part of this, uh, movie and TV content from the... Uh, like that you've purchased or rented on the console will no longer be viewable as well. But people who already own Xbox 360 games and downloadable content, so if you already have purchased it digitally, they will still be playable on the Xbox 360 and Xbox One and Xbox Series consoles uh, if they're, you know, if they're still compatible via the backwards compatibility that Microsoft has. Um, so not all games will support that. So certainly many more games than you know PS3 to PS4, but not every single one. I think I think lo- like games like Loco Cycle and I think the original release of Bastion and things like that are no longer available. Will no longer be playable from from next year. So from a game preservation preservation perspective, it's a bit of a bummer mm. and. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's never fun when things like this happen, but I guess 
we've reached a point now where the math doesn't work out anymore for Microsoft to keep the servers running or to to keep renewing those licenses. So it's uh yeah unfortunate, but at least at least we got a heads up. We know when. At least at least you got another like what ten months to try and try and buy everything you can and play everything you can before it's gone officially mm. anyway yeah yeah because like um because did the ps3 already shut down i don't remember I think, like it remember did, right? was threatened so remember sony threatened to shut down the ps3 and ps vita stores and then people backlash and they postponed it and then just kept and then just i think just stopped talking about it <laughs> for now oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay oh well, anyway, either way, it's like it's it's a good run, really, and it's like I think part of the reason it's not too—I mean, it's like the things that'll be left behind is, that, um, you know, not it's always going to be disappointing, you know. But it's like it's like Xbox and Microsoft. Well, Xbox have spent so much time and effort into backwards compatibility mm. um, compared to the other two, so it's like it's um, it doesn't like sting, I think, as much. Not that it especially hits me anywhere, but it's like in terms of just what it means for the industry and for yeah. its like Xbox eco- uh, ecosystem, it doesn't seem too bad. Yeah, you know? like like some of the games that won't be playable anymore, like will be the re-release of Call of Duty, so Call of Duty Classic, Renegade Ops, Ion Assault. Naughty Bear, Panic in Paradise. Well, I haven't heard that in a while. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Res HD, Echo the Dolphin uh, re-release, Burnout Crash, Bionic Commando Rearmed, which was a pretty... That was like a very well-received game um, for the Xbox. Uh, And, you know, the thing that everyone everyone has been uh, heartbroken by, which is Yu-Gi-Oh! Millennium Duels will no longer be playable... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Xbox <laughs> 360 uh, will no longer be purchasable. So you know, you know, pour one out for the Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Everyone's yeah. playing that one instead of the current one. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know the backlash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, for for this week's old man a beer moment, um, uh, I just want to say that. The Xbox 360 launched in the US, UK in November of 05 and then came to Australia on March in March of 2006. I actually remember watching A Current Affair in 2005 when Microsoft had its like reveal event for the Xbox 360 uh, in 2005 which I think was like it was on it was like co-marketed by MTV and it was hosted <laughs> by Elijah Wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird, such a weird time capsule to think yeah. about those things. And I, and I, I don't think MTV yeah. was a thing then. <laughs> I thought it was well, already I gone. Mean, <laughs> like even by that time, the joke was oh, MTV was for everything but music. You know, it was right. like reality <laughs> TV and everything. Right. Um, I also, well, one thing I've I very fond, like very strongly remember is distinctly remember is footage of Madden like the the CGI trailer for the Madden game and them uh. focusing on the sweat <laughs> like I was like like we can do this now like this is the future of gaming <laughs> it was a very very different time let me tell you <laughs> I don't know that sounds pretty familiar <laughs> the last one um, maybe yeah 
I like how this, yeah. like, well, it's like this old man a beer thing has become such a thing all of a sudden. And it's like, you're barely older than me and Kai. <laughs> Especially me. Like, we're a year apart, maybe. <laughs> Something like that. Um, uh, but yeah, though I, I, do feel, re- I yeah. don't remember that, so it still kind of applies. <laughs> you you weren't watching a current affair in school? <laughs> school. <laughs> Had your little portable um, TV player <laughs> your desk. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's... That's that's that uh, piece of news with regard to the the Xbox 360, which you know, all the issues aside from you know the original Xbox 360 consoles, you know, suffering from the red ring of death where they all failed prematurely due to overheating, the Xbox 360 was the it was it was the one that really made multiplayer services and online gaming services on console of like a mainstream thing and also really made really introduced the idea of a smaller ind- usually independently developed smaller scale game the the quote-unquote indie game that we talk about because uh i mean obviously there were indie like smaller indie games like with small teams or like single person teams like Prince of Persia and, and you know Marvel Madness and stuff back in the day, but it was the 360 generation where we got the Xbox Arcade, you know, yeah. where you'd be like, oh, you can download a game that's like a couple hundred megabytes and it's like really well made, but coming from a smaller like studio, like that was huge. Uh, yeah. That was like a huge thing that Microsoft really, really, really pioneered. Mm. I got so many hours out of Castle Crashes mm-hmm. and Shadow Complex. Yep, and few others i can't think of any on top of my head. those two yeah. are especially i got i played <laughs> a lot yeah like there, there was a there was a marquee thing back in the day called summer of arcade where over the american summer like every month or even every week there would be like a major release and that's where those mm. like castle cra- cra- castle crushes and alien hominid and like i think even bastion was a later summer of arcade release so where microsoft really pushed for these titles to be on the the, the homepage of the storefront and and really put some marketing dollars behind them which i, I guess still happens but nowhere near as much as how it used to be like uh, that that's the whole thing that remember the ps when the ps4 was revealed like sony had like these like the four big developers on stage and doing a whole thing about them and then like not like a few years into the PS4, just completely forgot about indies, like, yeah. <laughs> seemingly. So, you know, and then and then Microsoft came back with the Xbox One with the ID at Xbox program to try and kind of win back some favor with, with gamers. So, and developers. So it's um it's been an interesting roller coaster since then. But yeah, pour, mm. pour one out for the uh, for the Xbox 360 store, I guess. Yeah, it does remind me though. It's like one I remembered another. Like I played a lot of Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> that beat him yes. up from Yusuf. I yes, play that yes. so much as well. Um, but that was a good another game. thing, yeah, it's great. I need to replay it, but I've heard bad things technically about the uh, re-release, so it's like been oh, staying okay. away. I'll see if that's. I need to check if that's true. <laughs> um, probably, <laughs> that. but um, the other thing about it was like I kind of it just reminded me. It's like because when I had a 360 in high school, before mm. I it died or something, and I switched over to PS3. Um, was like the reason I would have been playing those games because of how cheap they were 
and like getting cards, yep. you know, point cards mm-hmm. or EV yep. and stuff yep. to actually get them rather than like full price releases. And it's like that would have, like, I was just thinking, it's like, oh, that would have been the reason I played them is because they were like relatively cheap and, yeah. and they had a lot of content to them. And it's yeah. like, it's kind of nice to like, like think about that. It's like, oh, yeah, 360 is very responsible for that sort yeah, of like explosion, man, and, and things like that. Like, yeah, like those games were, I guess. I guess you could call them pocket money games where you could actually afford yeah. them with pocket <laughs> money with an allowance rather than waiting like, you know, like, you know, once or twice a year that you got like a big game, like a triple A game from your parents or whatever. Mm. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, now you're an old man too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't deny it. <laughs> Just don't embrace uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, speaking of more Microsoft news, uh, we've uh, this has been like like an addendum to the Activision Blizzard King acquisition that Microsoft's going through, and this is a uh, this is something that Microsoft announced earlier this week. It's seemingly it's 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 an interesting thing. So, uh, Microsoft's current president Brad Smith, he he took to the company's official site to announce that. Microsoft will transfer, quote, the cloud streaming rights for all current and new Activision Blizzard PC and console games released over the next 15 years to Ubisoft. So, essentially, Ubisoft is going to be the one who's going to be, like, earning the, like, basically responsible for licensing games for for streaming is this is seemingly in an effort to appease the 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 CMA um, in the UK who blocked the the acquisition earlier this year on the grounds that Microsoft acquiring ABK would give the company a potential monopoly over the game streaming market you know uh, due to the 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 head start they've had with with Project X Cloud and also uh, the the sheer amount of titles that are in the Xbox catalog already on that service, which is uh, this is this is like why Ubisoft of all people? Like, is it because they could be control? Is it like oh, you know, we can control them versus like you know an Amazon who's just too big to to Mavericks. keep in line? <laughs> um, <Huh>? like Mavericks. <laughs> They are Amazon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't keep them away. <laughs> um, no, it's like reading the article, like because we're using the Verge as the um, for their report on it. Mm. As like reading through the article, it's like it really like you know just being extremely like least kind to like the way it's being described and stuff. It's like it really sounds so much like Microsoft just kind of giving Ubisoft a, like a payoff <laughs> over the next 15 years yeah. for the sake of trying to get push this through on the UK side cuz like cuz like the way cuz the one thing that stands out to me in the the article is um Ubisoft will control the streaming rights to Activision Blizzard games outside of the EU and license titles back to Ubisoft, Microsoft to be included in Xbox Cloud Gaming, which just makes it sound <laughs> so like backward. we're going to give you the cloud rights and then when we want it, we'll give you money to give it back to us over the next 15 years. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, we'll pay you if you take the deal and let help us get this through. <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah. that's what it, like, I mean, not yeah, to... Yeah, it's like, such a weird... 
it just feels so mafia like or something yeah. you know like it feels so, like not in that yeah. like it but it's like because it's like it's very because it's like very transparently or like openly just an effort to get this through because yeah you know, it's like this will make it even right yeah like, the uk and it's like i don't know how real mm. that is like it, i don't it doesn't mm. seem very yeah, it's, convincing, I, think, I think the the, the thinking behind it is that oh hey it we can't have a monopoly because it's not up to us it's up to ubisoft and if ubisoft chooses to keep things you know exclusive <laughs> you know it's not us doing it so it can't be a monopoly <laughs> Yeah, it's just. Oh my god, this is so weird. This is. It's specifically game streaming too. It's just like, like I mean, like when you, when this happens in particular, like Ubisoft Plus getting game streaming specifically yeah, like, oh, for wow. their games, like, <laughs> oh, this is making impact. Oh. This is changing the the landscape. It's changing uh, the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's not. I don't know. And like that's that's the main thing that stood out to me that it just it felt like a payoff to Ubisoft who are otherwise doing you know financially i think they're doing okay but they're not in the best spot they've ever been so yeah. it's just i guess just a like more more zeros to add to the revenue margin something like that yeah um and it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as if ubisoft needs more control over more things because like oh uh, interesting aside i was doing an update on my i've got a i've got a thrustmaster steering wheel setup and I was doing a firmware update on it, and the copyright said Gimo Corporation. And I was like, Gimo? Is that? I wonder if that's anything to do with the like you know Ubisoft, the Gimo family. And sure enough, I looked it up. Guess who's on the board, and guess who runs these companies? <laughs> it's oh. the 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 Gimo family members, like Eve Gimo oh. and his brother, who who runs GameLoft and stuff. And I'm like, what what don't they like? What haven't they got their you know their greasy hands on? Damn! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, that's that's just like a weird. That's just like a weird, you know. Yeah, definitely. When I guess that thing. bit, it's like I yeah. wonder how far that goes. It's like, yeah, it's like know, if they right? own. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so yeah, this is um, this is such a funny like. It seems like a under the table like you're shaking hands above the table, but like. Sh- but like you know, got <laughs> doing below two. <laughs> below two, it's like what? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, well, you know, at least um, you know, this 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 may or may not come to fruition and make a big difference for gamers everywhere. But I think this next piece of news is is really something that everyone has been kind of surprised by. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Charles Martinet is um, retiring as the voice of Mario. Which he's had since 1996, when Super Mario 64 came out. Um, mm. Nintendo announced this on their X account, or formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> I don't know how to address that because yeah, like, every time I read X, it's like oh, I, I don't. It Just doesn't like work 10. in my brain, and it's annoying. <laughs> I guess that's better. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Nintendo announced that he will be taking up a new position as. Um, quote Mario ambassador where he will quote continue to travel the world sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with fans so um yeah so he's been um according to the Polygon article um reporting this news um Martine first played Mario at trade shows from 1991 and in games from 1996's Super Mario 64 um he recently appeared in the the film the Super Mario Brothers movie as Giuseppe and Mario Luigi's dad um 
So apparently and Giuseppe was the the older character who I think owned the pizza shop that the movie that the, the opening scene is set in. Okay. So that, that's why I was like, so who's Giuseppe? <laughs> and then yeah, and then and then the dad, um, Mario and Luigi's dad in the movie as well. Right. Um, and Polygon also confirmed that Martin a won't be voicing Mario in Super Mario Brothers Wonder. So his final role, I guess, was the movie in terms of release schedule. Um, yeah. And Odyssey would be his official last game so far. Maybe, because like, uh, didn't um, the Bowser's Fury one that I mentioned came out after that? So it's like, I'm, I'm not quite uh, sure what the last yeah. Nintendo Mario game proper was. I, mm, yeah, that's true. That's sure true. Stuff. <laughs> I guess that officially... Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, like it's just yeah. the fact that he's like, he's already done, I guess is the point. Yeah. Like, and that wonder won't be his send-off. Um, yeah. But I wonder, uh, I wonder if this is like coming from Martinet himself, or is this like a like a Nintendo saying, <laughs> oh, you know, like maybe this is coming from Nintendo. Was he, were they not ha- was was Miyamoto not happy with his performance in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> he's ruined the legacy. He needs to be taken down. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the voice booth, like shaking his head with a frown, a scowl. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, I am Mario. <laughs> Miyamoto, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Only I can be Mario. <laughs> Gives a thumb As down. He, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and, he, and he gets his goons to, to take Marnay away and make him an ambassador. <laughs> uh, oh well. Just take the paycheck, Marnay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wonder if... Um, I, I guess this would also mean that he wouldn't be voicing the other characters. Like, doesn't he also voice Luigi and Wario and Waluigi? So I wonder what this what this means. Hmm. Yeah, Maybe, I guess, I guess yeah. they're all just getting recast then. Yeah, with uh, I wonder with with whom. I, I bet it's gonna be like a. I, I bet it's gonna be just like a sound alike or something. I, I, otherwise, do you think there'll be news about like AI trained model of his voice continuing forever? Sounds, oh, I don't know. Sounds sinister. <laughs> yeah, what? it does. Yeah. But it's like I don't know. I guess we've already heard the new voice with the Wonder trailer because I was re- I rewatched that a few times lately because <laughs> I've been yeah. playing Mario games and I'm still way into the trailer. I was yeah. like, I, I didn't even think of it just because like Monday's <laughs> uh, voice isn't I think as burned into my brain as it, as is for others, so it just mm. doesn't stand out to me as yeah. much. Yeah. But it's like it's yeah. Like I, I guess we can already hear the sound alike if he's mm. not in that. Um, maybe maybe Martinet said something in in support of the the striking actors and Illumination, the company that worked with Nintendo to to create the Mario film, was like, "You got to get this guy. You got to quit. You got to you got to shut this guy up. <laughs> He's becoming a problem." <laughs> uh, and and Nintendo, like, I mean, Nintendo historically has yakuza ties, so maybe there's. There's, there's something there that we, we're not being told. I don't know. <laughs> That's something. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually actually he's actually going across to Sega and he's going to play Sonic. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> exactly what Sega needs. <laughs> <Yeah. This> war. <laughs> the gaming wars. <laughs> the gaming wars of 2023. This will bring <laughs> Sega back. <laughs> yeah, they've actually been quietly biding their time for the last twenty something years. <laughs> <laughs> Once we get Martin, it'll all turn around. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's their general. He's. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, we. I. I think we. We both agree that we. We wish Monday the best. Like he's. He's not exactly getting young. Younger. I think he's like pushing seventy right now. So, maybe it's getting harder and harder for him to do the voice the same way that he used to be able to. So. Yeah, well, um, happens a lot with yeah. voice actors. Just that mm. you know, physically changes enough that it's hard to keep up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let, let's pivot across from Team Nintendo to Team PlayStation, and we've actually got some news uh, about the recently announced PlayStation hardware. So the first uh, thing, and this comes from an official post on the PlayStation blog from Hideaki Nishino. He's the uh, the senior vice president of platform experience at Sony Interactive Entertainment, which, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird seeing those corporate titles. Like, I don't know why. I, I wish they would. I feel like we the PlayStation executives, like, they don't really have a roster of known executives anymore like they used to. <laughs> yeah. I want either a hierarchy. I want, like, a roster number <laughs> or a, a like a wrestling belt i guess yeah it'll be like a yeah it'd be like an iconic duo or an act like that's it. it's, it's bullet club but for for some playstation <laughs> you go in this yeah. faction so we can understand where you go for yeah. Yeah. Um, i mean technically that did happen with phil harrison turning uh, you know he, i guess he turned heel and went from playstation and to Xbox and then to Google, so you know the, those things happen, right? You know when people like they rip their shirt off and there's another shirt underneath with another logo or whatever. It's like <laughs> just turn heel again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, the the handheld that Sony revealed a couple of months ago that was codenamed Project Q, which was the streaming only. <laughs> The PS5 compatible streaming only handheld that was basically a DualShock split in half with a cheap Android tablet in the middle. It it is been renamed to the PlayStation Portal and is slated to be released quote later this year and it's going to retail for 200 US dollars or it's roughly about 310 Australian dollars. Um as of this recording, Australian release details whether that's pricing or release date or even the fact that it's going to happen at all this year uh, has not been announced just yet. So my, I suspect that if it's, if it's $200 US and that's like just over $300 Australian, I'd say I wouldn't expect it to be any cheaper than $400 Australian, you know, factory tax in the yeah. Australian. Like at least 350 Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say I'd say three ninety nine at least. <laughs> Wait, how much was the? I feel like we could probably figure it out by like the DualSense Edge because that's like got a massive uh, hike yeah. here, like markup. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah, that one was very expensive. I think it was like even more expensive than the the, the equivalent Xbox One Elite controller, right? Or the, the yeah, Xbox I think so. Elite series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and the other uh, the other hardware were the the two headsets that were also announced alongside the handheld. So the Pulse Elite, which is like the the larger on-ear headphone, wireless headphones, they're retailing for 150 US dollars. Um, and the Pulse Explore, which are the the AirPod style, the true wireless earbuds, are going to retail for 200 dollars US. 
Um, no launch dates have been announced yet. Uh, neither was Australian pricing. So that's, uh, I guess, watch the space. Hopefully we'll have an update uh, soon. The other thing is that all three of these devices are going to use a new wireless technology from Sony called PlayStation Link. Um, it's promising, you know, quote, low latency, lossless audio, and quote, easy switching between devices that use PlayStation Link. So the Elite and the Explore headsets will have an, a USB adapter included that'll plug into, uh, I guess, the PS5. And uh, this adapter will also be made available separately so that people can use it on their Mac and PC. Because the main issue with Bluetooth is that if you want a low latency or, I guess, lag-free experience, you have to use a very shitty version of Bluetooth, uh, like a shitty audio codec that is very compressed and low quality. Otherwise, if you want something that's like a very high-quality sound that supports lossless audio or high-res audio, you'd have to go with uh, a codec that has more bandwidth, which introduces more issues when it comes to range and latency. So this this way, this is sort of like what Microsoft does with its own kind of uh, wireless standard for the Xbox controllers, um, is that, you know, having a proprietary wireless, um, like, like Link would, would, ideally eliminate a lot of the stress uh, the issues that people have with wireless game gaming headsets the other thing is that if you use one of these headsets uh, you can actually connect multiple devices at once so the example they used was hey you can connect to your ps5 using the usb adapter and then and the playstation link uh, technology and then be connected to your phone via bluetooth so that if you are um getting a phone call or playing music from your phone, you could still hear it while you're hearing the game audio from the PS5. So mm. that's an example there. Um, and the, 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 the PlayStation Portal would, would have that technology built in, so you wouldn't necessarily need to buy another adapter for it. Right. Yeah. Um, this, this last story is, a, is kind of like a... It's kind of a, a novel, uh, like a cool novel story. So Epic Games who a few years ago kind of ruffled quite a few feathers in the PC gaming community by launching the Epic Game Store and challenging Steam by only taking a 12% revenue uh, cut versus Steam's or Valve's 30% cut on the Steam storefront, which Valve later kind of revised and said, oh, for games that are selling really well, we'll take we'll reduce our cut down to twenty percent. So not quite as competitive with uh, Epic Games, but you know, it's a uh, it Steam is the biggest. You know, it's like the de facto standard marketplace on on PC. And Epic Games threw a lot of money behind a lot of exclusives at the time, which pissed off a lot of people. Um, and now what it's trying to do is uh, do something similar but do it in a more kind of transparent way in, in, in by saying that it's uh, announced a program called the First Run Program where if a developer chooses to be in the program, they will get 100% of all revenue from their game for six months if they make their 
game exclusive to the Epic Games Store for that six-month period. So after that, it'll go back to the standard 12%. You know, Epic gets 12%. The developer keeps 88% of purchases, you know, games and DLC. But this way, they'll get 100%, which Itch.io has done, like, limited events where, hey, for this day, all games in our store, or all apps purchased in our store will be 100% um, will have their funds donate, um, would have 100% of all their revenue given to the developers versus taking a cut themselves. So it's not exactly a new thing, but it is new in the term of it being like publicly shown and being a six-month exclusive. Um, mm. I don't know. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think, John? Um, I think it's, uh, it sounds... Um fine i guess it doesn't feel like we'll see a ton of impact from it or at least i think it'll be hard to notice maybe but i think the biggest difference here is that like they're shifting away from the year exclusivity that were applied Mm. to a lot of games yep to now six months so i guess they're kind of you know they're trying to try to shift it around a bit so it's like now it's kind of front-loaded in terms of benefits to developers theoretically assuming they get a number of good number of sales on epic yeah. And then they can shift to six months later. And so, and so hopefully developers feel more comfortable with that mm. chunk of time before, you know, without feeling like they're losing any sense of, um, you know, sort of release, like launch um, excitement, I guess. Mm. Not in that six months is a small amount of time, but it is yeah. quite a bit less yeah. than coming out a year later with like no enthusiasm, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the other thing here is that so, okay, so the game or the app has to be new. It, it can't have been released on another third-party store or like a subscription uh, service like Game Pass. But the developers or publishers are free to release the game at the same time um, if the the storefront is not a competing like it's not like a third party like a steam or a good old games like you know if if you if ubisoft releases it on what is it what is it called it's not you play anymore like whatever the ubisoft store is called <laughs> i think i changed the name again <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's ubisoft connect i don't know so if you if, if ubisoft releases a game on there and epic games but doesn't release it on steam it'll qualify right Okay. Yeah, which is uh, interesting. Mm. I want <laughs> it'll be funny if uh, so. I mean, Valve would never do this, but what if Valve released a new game o- of its own on Steam? It's technically its own storefront. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll be pretty funny, I think. Yeah, so, I guess it's no. like so they can because like Ubisoft games still have, um, like on PC, you still need to, they still need to connect to like the actual their own launcher, right? Even yeah. if they're doing it quietly like in yeah. ea as well same with ea so, yeah so i guess it's like yeah. more of a just saying you can still do this ubisoft and ea more than necessarily yeah providing yeah it's worth, worth noting though like i'm curious yeah. how this will pan mm. out i'm getting like it doesn't feel like it's something that's gonna make waves i guess but i guess we'll see yeah like if anything it just sounds better for developers so that's good but yeah. I am curious if Epic... Like, I think we're already aware that Epic Game Store isn't doing great, I think, mm. from the trial with Apple. 
um, last we heard of it. I'm not sure if we yeah. covered it in particular, but I remember reading something about that, about how a lot of those details were not the most uh, positive. Positive, yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's like, it makes you wonder, it's like, I don't know, like, that doesn't make me... It'd be nice if Epic made the um, the launcher better because <laughs> it's yeah. so sluggish for me. Like, it's fine. Like, because I use it for Fortnite relatively often. So yeah. I'm, I'm using it quite often. Um, and, like, it's just, it's not, like, a comfortable experience compared to Steam, which is so lightweight yeah. and, like, just generally has a lot of features. And Epic is just, like, I don't know. The only thing it has is the, um, like, Nintendo style like reward system where you get like five yeah. percent back of the money you spend i was like that's fine yeah. like i thought they should have done that a long time ago as ineffectual as it kind of is as, but it's like good <laughs> it's a good little thing like i don't yeah like i don't mind having a tiny bit of money yeah. back it's so just it's, the main problem is that then you have to buy the games on epic game store <laughs> yeah but it's like they that's should make it you know like at least you know not a barrier you know because like epic game store is like a launcher just feels so like it just doesn't yeah like i just already said it. it's like it just doesn't feel nice to use even yeah. though i'm not that against using another launcher yeah it's just like all right like I, I just want it to be barely there <laughs> just <laughs> let me do what i want and you barely able to do that <laughs> yeah so it'd be nice if epic improves it if it's going to stick around i guess that's true no, I, I i agree there i i i agree well yeah that's i think that's a. Uh, that's going to do it for the news for this uh, this past week. How about we take a, a short break and come back and talk about what we've been, I guess, watching for both of us. <laughs> I haven't had the chance to play too many different games. Just the, kind of the occasional Marvel snap around. Or I uh, uh, playing some more Hi-Fi Rush. I think I'm I'm coming down to the to the end of the game. Like like the the, the major twist in the story has just happened, and in this level, I've had a side-scrolling platformer, a a Guitar Hero style rhythm game, and like really cool like boss fight mechanics all in one. So it was like a and also a Katy Perry reference. It's is a crazy. It's a crazy game. It's uh, <laughs> I it really really makes me uh, wish that we got more games like this, and I'm really excited to play. What's it called? A uh, bomb funk cyber rush, which right. is like the jet set radio style game that came out. I think just last week. So we'll 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 see. I was uh, thinking, oh, should should I get that or should I should I uh, should I just wait for you know next month when the in- inevitable apocalypse happens so i'm like nope let me finish half hour rush and then we'll see (laughs) (laughs) should i save (laughs) this money going the fire or not (laughs) um (laughs) yeah that's been that's been uh so much so much fun playing that game and i i i would definitely recommend you know once you've gone through like when you get some time i'd definitely recommend you 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 boot it up and give it a go especially Mm. if you've got a like a controller you've got connected to the computer Right. I think you'd definitely enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, because I, I did actually boot it up for like an hour, like two months ago or something. Oh, okay. Not that I disliked yeah. it. I just I just dropped off it because I was playing mm. other stuff. Um, so I do need yeah. to get back to it. But it's like... It um, does get better. Like the, the, the first bit is like, it's all right, <laughs> but it, it gets better once you like start getting a feel for the rhythm of the game and, and timing everything. That's when it really, especially in the fights are like just so much fun. 
yeah, like I, that's definitely something that stood out to me was like in the first hour or two. Like I played a little bit. I don't know. I got mm. up to the part where you can start summoning the like assist character, which is yep. very early, yep. but you know, yeah. that's about where I got. It's cool. Um, it's so cool. And it's like, that's the part where it's just like, oh, now it's starting to feel good because I had mm. like multiple things that I could do at yeah. once, you know, like it was starting to open up a little bit. Cause I like, guess one thing I didn't, the one thing that like point came, um, that stood out to me was just how handholdy it was. And I get why mm. it is as like a Western action game echoing Japanese action games, which are typically yeah. more complex and they're less willing to, it's like, so trying to strike that middle ground. I mean, it is Japanese made, but you know, it's trying to appeal to a broader audience outside of hardcore fans, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's, um, yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. So it's like, I uh, like, I was kind of, I'm sure I'll, get really into it once the training wheels came off but yeah. i don't think i got mm. qu- there quite yet <laughs> you'll yeah. you'll get to it soon and uh like I, I i really love the the cat character like the whole style is it's just got so much style it, like the game just looks amazing and it's like so much fun and like there's there's some really good jokes in there and a lot of visual gags and stuff which I which I think really works and it mm. really really is a like a satisfying experience to play and 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 like exp- and, and and actually watch and and it's just yeah I, I can't I can't um I I can't uh like uh should I say I can't um speak for it enough I think it's really really good and mm. and it was such a surprise as well like no one knew it was coming yeah it's like it's not you know not exactly talking about new stuff but it's like it really is like in hindsight it's still surprising how Mm. unexpected it was yeah Hmm. Um, and it it looks gorgeous like the and and it runs pretty it'll run well on any system like it's just that very well optimized but what they've done they've been they've been very clever with the uh with the visual style so that you, you you don't have to put in as much fidelity, but everything still looks crisp and pristine. It's just crazy how how well they've done it. And and they do the thing, I'm pretty sure the cutscenes are all in-engine rather than compressed videos. So they, they just look and, and feel so great. So I, I and uh, yeah, I, I really think, I really think once you, once you give it, uh, maybe once you pick it up again, I think you really, really enjoy it. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. Speaking of things that you've been, uh, I guess, picking up, you you got back into <laughs> some some wrestling, some Japanese wrestling. Yeah. So this is kind of, I guess, continuing on from last time I mentioned it around a month ago, I think. Yeah. Um, which is yeah when <laughs> it started. So yeah. So I finally finished watching the matches that I wanted to watch, not mm. everything. But a good chunk is that of for it. the G1 climax, or is that for yes, um, yes, okay, for the G1 climax 33? It is the annual New Japan Pro Wrestling tournament, Rad Robin tournament, broken up across mm. four blocks. I don't remember how much I explained. I think I explained a fair bit of it last time, but like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like I think I watched, um, I watched the first like six days or something of like 19 total, and that's yeah. a, not of every match. I just like picked out the matches I cared about watching thought thought i mm. like i didn't watch all of them but um it's yeah so i kind of i dropped off after around day six or so because i was kind of exhausted um and then as a kind of i was kind of putting it off for a while and then i realized as i was like 
going through it again, it's like actually a lot of the the blocks, like a lot of the people in each block across the four blocks is like they're just not the most like compelling um, performers actually in hindsight. Mm. Like I like up a lot of them, but like for this kind of tournament, it's like it's really easy to write off a lot of matches because they're just not going to be star-making opportunities. Like G1 <laughs> is, I don't know, it, it's hard to explain, but like basically they had like a lot of the roster in rather than the best of they can get sort of of the roster oh, like okay. everyone's That's great right. but it's um it's like in previous years when the blocks were smaller they were way mm. more competitive i think okay. uh, to, from looking at the Naturally. stats <laughs> um <laughs> so it's like you know like last time it would have been like 20 max and even that compared to the 32 this year is like a big difference in who feels mm. important versus who feels just mm. like uh, just seat fillers basically which is like insulting <laughs> but it's just like that's why they're there like they are there to give get points on certain guys for yeah. them to go over versus where you know when it's more competitive it means that it's harder to predict and matches can kind of given like the the flow of the tournament can kind of go back and forth as it goes on yeah. um though i don't say that from experience <laughs> i was just looking up yeah. stats and stuff anyway <laughs> um a lot of a lot of good matches though i ended up like trying to count how much of the tournament i actually watched and apparently i watched about half of it apparently oh of, okay. i think that was because <laughs> I, I went back and to see how many matches there were in total it's like specifically tournament mm. matches and there were 119 jesus um, and i watched around 55 <laughs> holy <the> tournament matches. <laughs> so they could be some of the matches um probably like they're probably average Average is probably like 13 minutes. Some of them get okay. like, and the max is 20. Like that's the max they can go to. That's a, that's still a lot of matches. It is a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, like that's that's 50, let's say 20 minutes times. That's like more than a thousand minutes of content. <laughs> of just yeah, I, I don't want to count it. <laughs> I would have to put a lot of work into actually counting it. But um, yeah, it is a lot of time. Um, I'm glad I did it in hindsight though. It's like, because um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll point it out as well. It's like, I think part of the, what the reason I brought up like the blocks being sort of disappointing that when I went yeah. back to kind of like look for, upon them and like look at them and like see what the next days were, like what matches were um, coming yeah. up. And it's just like, oh, a lot of these are really boring actually. Because, <laughs> like, the blocks aren't... Block A was, like... Because, there's, yeah, there's block A, B, C, C and D. And block mm. A was, like, by far the most compelling because it was a lot. Yeah. It was basically the current top champ of New Japan, Sonata. He owns the top... He has the top belt right now. And, like, all the champions are always in this tournament, too. So that's part of what makes it sort of compelling is that you're seeing who measures up to, in like, the current roster hierarchy, basically. Um, so, because they're all fighting and they're all losing at least a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, but it was Sonata plus like basically all the young generation, like the new generation of New Japan in yeah. that block, which I, I also mentioned last time I talked about it. But it's like all those matches were really compelling because you didn't know where they were going and they were all setting mm. up like, or like character relationships and storylines like years in advance because this is the first <laughs> time a lot of them are fought because yeah. they're just so new. Um, yeah, at least in their current incarnation. So like, a lot of that stuff was like really exciting, uh, but like, so by comparison, a lot of the other blocks were just kind of dull because there were so few um, competitive like individuals uh, in them. Like it's meaningful. like each one. 
yeah, like the other ones had like two or three heavyweights out of like the seven or no, eight they had each. It's like each of the other blocks had eight people and out of those eight, like two or three of them were like heavyweights that were definitely going to get to the end of it, which made yeah. it really easy to kind of dismiss a lot of the matches, even if you think they were going to be okay, which yeah. is, um, I don't know. It's just, I, I guess, like, it's not really something where you're meant to watch literally all of it. <laughs> like, it's a, oh, okay. it's, a, it's a tour for Japan crowds. Yeah. It's just trying to get butts and seats with names primarily, not necessarily, yeah. especially prime matchups. Those are more yeah. of a natural consequence of the I tournament. It's not designed for <laughs> a Western at a binge, <laughs> binge watch. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> especially this one, because it was just so big. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because this this was, I think you said it was the first one in person for a while, right? Yeah, since COVID. Last, yeah, basically. Like I think yeah. they, they have had crowds for a while, but this is the first time they've been able to like properly cheer and properly like actually mm. fill out the buildings rather than yes the limited crowds they had originally, who could just clap. Yeah. Who actually, I was actually fine with the clapping, but a lot of people weren't. Um, yeah, from what I saw, it's that, but it's yeah, um, not that that atmosphere you expect from yeah, a wrestling show. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, so I finished off that and that I, apparently I was in enough of a mood to continue on to another tournament from earlier in the year, which is the best <laughs> of the super juniors. Um, that happened in May, uh, basically has like the lighter, smaller roster members, like the junior heavyweights. Um, so I, is this, is, are the super, ju- is that super junior category like the NXT in WWE or is it, is it, a, it's just more weight? And, and things like that based more that one but it does have okay. a slightly like i don't i'm not an expert on it but it's like basically it, it's like it's kind of an informal sort of formal division it's like it doesn't mean that they can't cross over sometimes but they ju- do generally stay apart instead of like mm. heavyweights versus junior heavyweights like they'll just they have their own belts have their own stories and all that gotcha um, but it's like super junior like the junior heavyweights are basically more lucha inspired faster smaller just a general different style compared to the heavyweights which are heavier like slower big more focus on power versus like speed and agility doesn't Mm. mean they don't have a lot of those traits anyway because they're all wrestlers who are very athletic but it's um yeah like there is a difference that's very um noticeable but it's like i only recently like a month or two ago realized like oh wait super like junior heavyweight stuff is actually really awesome and i've kind of been ignoring it for like yeah. while i've been watching wrestling so i really want to get into it so um i actually don't have too much to say there other than that junior heavyweight stuff kicks ass and i'm really liking yeah. it a lot it actually has like an aussie yeah. like both tournaments had australians in it too which is not huh. um constant wait um who there's a guy who's called who's like Robbie Eagles, um, who's very, oh, yeah. very, very Aussie. I think in overall gimmick. Yep. Yeah. Um, then in the other tournament, Shane Haste and um, um, Mickey or Mikey Nichols. Um, uh, yep. Nichols actually is from Perth as well. I've actually seen him in person at the one <laughs> wrestling event I went to. Um, it's yeah, so it's it's cool to see. Actually, yeah, because we're Australian, I think it's worth bringing it up. There's actually yeah. like this sort of like resurged, revived um, faction in New Japan called the Mighty Don't Kneel or TDMK. Yeah. And they're like basically all Australian, gotcha. <laughs> um, like primarily an Australian group. And there was uh, this other guy called Jonah who's go back, went back to WWE sometime mm. earlier this year. Like he was in it too, oh. I'm pretty sure. 
Um, and it's just like, you know, it's like, because Japan's so close to Australia, there's a, naturally a lot of crossover there. So it's like, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, it was like, uh, it's cool to see a faction in New Japan or just in a wrestling product I watch that has like a significant mm. Australian presence. That's pretty cool. Think, yeah, I think it's neat. And it's kind of cool that they've got people from like, going to this, like from Impact Wrestling and from uh, like Revolution Pro Wrestling, like other promotions around the world coming to Japan to, to compete. It's mm. pretty cool. Yeah, because um, New Japan also, they have like a separate, um, they have a dojo system where they have, you know, they have like young lions, is what they call them, or young boys. Like they have students in Japan and they, and like there's actually a dojo in LA as well and one in New Zealand. So they train for like a year or so, however long it takes. Mm. And then they start doing mess, um, actual matches as like young lions where they don't win ever. It's just they're just there to either they're either ringside watching matches and seeing how it go, works, and or they're in a match and they're losing all the time with a very limited move set to try and like teach yeah. them the fundamentals. I think is the idea. Okay. And oh, then after okay. that, once they've kind of proven themselves as like you know being skilled enough and learned the mm. business, I guess they go on excursion to like other promotions, like their partner promotions. So like yeah. Rev Pro is one of them. So like. They'll go to the UK for a while and work, you know, and learn how to um, kind of like work their style and like yeah. learn how to appeal to that crowd in particular because yeah. it's different. It's always different. And like they go to Mexico, yeah. do that. And like I think, as I understand, it, a lot of the, the goal is usually it's like learn how to work the crowd there, which is always different. And then mm. also do it well enough that the promotion will trust you with a title <laughs> like like put yeah. a belt on you and then you can okay. come home and start being your own man basically in the roster <laughs> like it's like a you know like you get a brand new gimmick and stuff basically when you can yeah. get back to japan and this is like that's pretty uh, cool yeah like i really like that system i think yeah. it like it tends to work out more often than not it seems because oh, all their stars good. go through that yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> Australia is like I was, I was. I guess a part of the reason I was bringing it up is like Australia is part of that now. Is part yeah. of that excursion system because like one of the my favorite young lions right now is like Kose, Kose Fujita. I think his name is. Mm. Um, yeah, he's like going in excursion to Australia for a while because we have promotions in Melbourne and Sydney who are well, that are pretty our, active. What's our biggest promotion in Australia? Um, you- I think it's MLW. No, that's an American one. Um, Hang on, I can uh, find it. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's I like. I just never really even thought about um. Uh, yeah, I never really thought about the. Uh, oh, PWA. Uh, <laughs> I got it really wrong. Um, Pro Wrestling Australia, or otherwise gotcha. known as Black Label. Um, Black Label. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, Melbourne-y, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Although I think they're based mainly out of S- Sydney. Maybe there's another gotcha. one that's Melbourne. Maybe. Yeah, no, that's definitely Sydney. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's probably all I got on wrestling this time. <laughs> Just lots of wrestling watching. Um, not much. I did play a bit more Baldur's Gate, but I didn't have much to say about it. So, yeah, just figured yeah. I'd keep it to that. You still, do you still like it? Yeah. It, I just haven't played much more of it to actually say anything new about it, you know? It's like oh, I'm enjoying okay. it a lot. Um and yeah, it's just like a time heavy game. 
You, mm. you can spend a lot of time not doing much. <laughs> definitely <laughs> and I haven't, like it. Yeah, and I haven't played it much the last few days, so I'll get back to yeah. it soon, though. Gotcha. Mm. No, fair enough. No, man. I'm, uh, no, I was, uh, was going to say I was... Uh, there's a game that you might have heard about called WrestleQuest. Yeah, I did hear about and that. I'm, if you still have a Netflix subscription somewhere in the household, it's available through Netflix, you know, the Netflix oh. games program on mobile. Oh, so, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that at all, actually. Yeah, I heard yeah, about that I game, mean, I didn't either. I just saw it, I saw it pop up when I loaded up the Netflix app. I was like, oh, hey, check out the games we have. So, I don't know, maybe... Uh, Maybe give that a go and let us know what you think. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's actually like, got. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how. Like, <laughs> I'm, I do yeah. wonder if how well that appeals to people who aren't like old retro wrestling enthusiasts, because like yeah. all those those things tend to appeal to those people in particular. You know, like with yeah. all those wrestling legends, and it's like I have they, no connection to they these people. Licensed them and got them got these older legends to actually voice their characters and and things like that. And uh, as far as I could tell, the the gameplay is like a it's like a 16-bit RPG, but wrestling. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think that was some... It got some really good reviews last I checked. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah I should definitely check it out, yeah. Let me know. Mm. Let me know what you what you think if you, if you end up playing it. Yeah. I think uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. John, thank you again. Always a, always a pleasure catch, catching up and, and talking, especially when, when wrestling's involved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for listening to my own wrestling ramblings, Abir. <laughs> and yeah, thank you to everyone at home for listening to this episode of Double Jump Radio. As always, you can go to doublejump.co and get... Uh, get links to all of our social media as well as our new community discord server please join us come say hi um, go to the website read all the awesome articles that have been released and yeah until next time everyone look out for one another peace bye